Hi, and welcome to the GC Podcast. Cool. So, as Holly said, uh, this is my first time speaking at G2. So, I'm hoping it goes well and that you guys can understand me. Um, as previously when I've spoken, as especially with the mic, my accent tends to change. Um, so, for example, often without me knowing. Um, so, for example, when I spoke at uh, Belfry Youth Night Service, long title, um, I immediately, and without me realise, slipped into a Scottish accent, um, which left the rest of the team questioning whether I was Scottish, which I'm not, just to clarify, nor am I American, Australian, or South African. Just some of the few places that people have guessed over the years. I am, in fact, British, uh, and I will leave you to guess where in England from uh, I'm from, if you don't already know. So my passion is youth work, uh, and as Holly said, I'm the youth worker here um, for about a year and a half now, since July. I've been involved in youth ministry for the last six years or so, um, and while we don't see many youth in the Bible, we do know that Samuel was aged 12 when he first heard from God. Now, if you haven't heard or read the story of Samuel, or you've forgotten it because last time you heard it was when you were 12, that was me, um, don't panic. I will do a quick recap just so that we're all on the same page. So Samuel's story is in the Old Testament, uh, and it actually begins with her, his mother, Hannah. Now, Hannah was married to a man called Ampel, and she prayed to God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, tell us, Hannah was in deep anguish crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And not long after, she gave birth to a son, called him Samuel. And as promised, she gave him to the temple uh, when he was of suitable age, where he then lived for the rest of his life, uh, serving the Lord and working alongside Eli, who was the priest at the time. Now, when Samuel was 12 years old, he was sleeping in the temple, and he heard someone calling his name. And he assumed that it was Eli, so he ran into Eli's room and asked him if he'd called. However, Eli said that he hadn't called and that Samuel should go back to bed. Now, this happened three times before Eli realized it was actually God talking to Samuel. So this time, Eli said, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So in my opinion, I think Eli was essentially the first youth worker, given that Samuel kind of grew up in the, in the temple. Um, he discipled Samuel, and he guided him through his first encounter with God. Now, if it was me in Eli's position, well, for one, Samuel would have a hard time waking me up, that's for sure. But <laughs> I'm not sure I would have known that it was God speaking to him. But Eli knew, and he knew, I think, for two reasons. One being he was a godly man. He devoted his life to God and his word. And two being he knew Samuel. He knew Samuel because Samuel lived with him. He spent time with him. He purposefully spent time teaching him, encouraging him, and investing in Samuel. 
Now, in Steve Biddle's book, Raising Boys, which the majority of our young people are, not all, um, it's a, he highlights the importance of various people in boys' lives. So for, from the age of six, till the age of six, boys essentially look to mum for everything. Their lives essentially revolve around mum. But then from the ages of six to around 13, they then look to dad for all the manly things, how to do maleness, as Steve says. Um, but after that, they stop looking to mum and dad as role models, and they start to look to those around them. And it's probably a similar thing for girls. Around the same age, they'll start looking to those around them. They'll subconsciously be looking for mentors, mentors to help them complete their journeys in life. So in case you haven't worked this out already, our young people are looking to you. They're looking to you for how to do things, how to, how to act, how to behave, how to do relationships, maybe even how to dress. But they're also looking how to do life and how to do a godly life. Now, I have the privilege of running youth sessions with these guys every Sunday, but that is not the fullness of their discipleship journey. Each of us has the opportunity to impact them in significant ways. Whether you simply walk past them in the corridor or whether you stop and ask them how their day was matters to them. Now a message for the young people. Are you listening? Simply put, this is your church. This is as much your church as it is anyone else's. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You are the future of this church, which means you have a responsibility. You should be stepping up and taking, those on, taking on those responsibilities, not just sitting back and letting them pass you by. Are you asking people how their days have been? Are you stacking chairs at the end of services? Are you joining in with worship, even if it's a bit uncomfortable? This is your family. How are you actively being a part of your church? And just as God spoke to Samuel, he's speaking to you as well. The question is, are you sharing it? So no, whatever, whatever age we are in this church family, we all have responsibilities to be listening to God to be seeking opportunities, and to be active in your church. So as a response to this, the young people are going to come and sit on some of your tables. Um, and I want you to kind of just ask them how, how, what they've been reading, how God's been speaking to them. Get to know them. Get to know where they're at. And young people, don't be afraid to ask questions as well. Get to know the people on the tables that you sit at. And if you don't have a young person sat at your table, because there aren't as many young people as there are tables in the room, don't panic. Use this time to reflect back. Think back to when you were in youth or when you were around their age. Was there someone who mentored you, who invested in you? And what was that like? What were the maybe good parts or bad parts of that? And how different would your life be if they weren't there? Cool. Young people, do you want to head off to a table? <laughs>